Edinburgh Napier Radio. Supporting our academic community. Okay, hello and welcome to our new radio show. Uh, my name is Colin Gray. I'm from uh, professional development and academic development. And I have with me here... Elaine Moore, also from academic development. And I'm Karen Strickland, um, also in academic development at the moment, but I'm on secondment from the School of Nursing, Midwifery and Social Care. Okay, and we're uh, we're bringing you a new uh, radio show here, which is aiming to um, to help with staff development, bringing you news from academic development, from professional development, and all the departments within, and hopefully just helping you with um, improving your teaching and learning. So we've got a few different sections on the show. First of which is the news. Edinburgh Napier University. This is Edinburgh Napier Radio News. Okay, so the first news item we've got is um, it's academic development news in particular. Um, and just recently, um, the first one is just recently, Stephen Bruce uh, from, uh, from Professional Development has released the new um, BY's Don't Plagiarise site. Uh, this site's designed to, uh, to help you and your students um, get used to using the Turnitin software. It also includes lots of hints and tips on using on um, on using the Turnitin software um, from both a student and a staff point of view, as well as just information on plagiarism, how to avoid it, how to uh, paraphrase documents, how to reference properly. So that's a new website out there that um, is uh, fully available to use now by staff and students. Um, I encourage you to go along there and have a little look. Um, you'll find the uh, web address on the show notes which come along with this uh, with this episode. So just go in there and have a look and um, and browse away. The latest national developments in higher education. The last bit of news is a little bit of a quirky story about um, a new approach to uh, student funding. Um, it was in the I found this from the the Times Higher, and it's about pensioners um, supplying new levels of funding to students um, in, in uh, sort of the sense of actually investing in students. So a pensioner who has um, obviously plenty of, plenty of um, capital but no income would invest in a student and actually fund their university degree um, with the view that the student would sign a contract and give them a percentage of their earnings in the future. So um, obviously the student wouldn't have to take loans or anything like that but they would be given up a little bit of their income. So it's something I've heard of a little bit. I've heard of once before, I'm sure, but it was something that came up just recently. What do you guys think of that? Is that a, is that a good idea, do you think? Um, <laughs> I'm not very sure um, how we would be persuading pensioners to part with their uh, cash at that stage <coughs> in their life um, to fund a student lifestyle. Um, <laughs> I think that's something that we can sort of watch and see. I can't see them giving up winter fuel allowances to... <laughs> On the other hand, maybe a pensioner with um, cash to spare, it could be a really rewarding thing for them to do um, at that stage in their life. Yeah, that's true. um, Probably contributing to uh, to the student's life. (coughs) Not in a beer way, obviously, hopefully, uh, um, an educational (laughs) way. Well, maybe it could involve (coughs) um, all aspects. They could go down to the pub together to discuss progress (laughs) on a regular basis. (laughs) See how they're getting on, yeah. Well, we'll see uh, see if that comes up again. Staff views. Have your say. And another item of news, or more a request really, um, we're hoping to include a lot more uh, personal news from staff in the future. So if you have anything particularly relating to your teaching and learning practice, to projects you're working on or awards you've won or anything like that, please do let us know and we can include you in the, the news features just so that your, uh, your colleagues can get to know you better, get more, a bit more recognition for your work. 
Edinburgh Napier Radio, bringing staff and ideas together. Okay, our first feature today is on um, the the LTA Resource Bank, um, which is a new uh, a new resource which has been created within professional development or within academic development as well, um, to do with well all sorts of things, which I'll let um, I'll let Karen, our, our special guest today, tell you all about. So, um, Karen, what is the Resource Bank exactly? Um, okay, Colin, the the new LT Resource Bank will be launched in January 2011, um, and it's a new online dynamic re- resource for staff um, linked to the new LTA strategy. Um, so, where we had you know a PDF document with the LTA strategy in you know previous versions, we will now have an online version. Um, the resource bank itself is in really four sections. So we're having case studies um, of LTA practice from staff within Edinburgh Napier, um, examples of good practice across the university to inspire and motivate you to maybe try something new in your teaching practice. Um, we have policy resources, so all of those um, quality policy documents um, 20 credit policies, examples um, that, you know, you search around the website, you'll be able to do just a quick search in the resource bank and get everything that you need. The practice resources, some learning how guides, um, we've got our, already our um, famous PULT guide and online learning guide, um, but there are other guides coming along on stream, such as podcasting, um, along with many others. Um, so they'll be there as well, so that you know, if you do see a case study, for example, on, say, using wikis for um, shared learning spaces, then you might find that there's a policy with you know using these resources um, and then learning how guide as well. So all of these things will tie together so that you're not starting from scratch. There's also going to be a collaboration site where you can discuss learning, teaching, assessment matters as well. Um, so, so that's really what the resource bank's there for: so networking with your colleagues, finding out what um, learning, teaching, practice goes on across the university, and hopefully trying out something new yourself. Okay, great. Sounds um, sounds really interesting. Um, so that was, that was a really good overview of what it is. Can you give us some particular examples? What kind of stuff have you got in there? Um, well, so far, um, the topics really cover three broad themes. Um, Technology-enhanced learning is obviously a major theme within this, and I've got some good examples of how to use WebCT. Um, and this ties in very nicely with going beyond the minimum presence with WebCT and our, our, our um, MLE. Um, so we've got examples of um, staff who are using WebCT, um, perhaps you know, to put up lecture notes prior to um, lectures, to enhance student learning, and we've also got some um, heavily blended um, WebCT modules where um, you're using online quizzes, you're using discussion boards, um, linking out to external uh, sites, digitalised textbooks, etc. So we're going much, much more beyond the WebCT presence. Um, we've got some podcasting examples um, where people have used podcasting um, in modules and at programme level, as well as obviously the Edinburgh Napier podcasting project itself. Um, we've also got examples of wikis, e-portfolios and using Camtasia as well. 
So that's one of the, the major themes. Um, another one is confident individuals. Um, so using group work to enhance um, learning and confidence, team working, um, some of those more sort of softer skills. Um, feedback, obviously, is a major um, driver um, with the new feedback um, campaign that's been launched in trimester one, looking at ways how we enhance feedback um, through examples of a focused feedback project um, in School of Life Sciences and um, audio feedback project, which was um, championed by Elaine Mowat, um, and different ways of um, implementing the PDT role across the university as well, because there's different models. Um, so we've got all the associated resources that go along with these these things. Um, and the other major theme that we have at the moment is international. Um, so again, there's using technology to en enhance um, international delivery and also to enhance um, our s international students settling in when they get to Edinburgh Napier if they're campus-based students. And a good example of that would be Monica Foster's Spices project. Great, OK. Plenty of variety in there, then. Yeah. Um, so how can staff members contribute to them? Um, well, we would like the resource bank to be you know, an ongoing um, resource bank. So there's an online form which is available in the academic development pages under Learning, Teaching, Assessment Resources. Um, so hopefully you know, you'll be able to fill out um, this form. It's just very brief. Um, you can upload your uh, associated um, documents, whether it's PowerPoints, screenshots, etc., um, and you can contribute in that way. You can also contribute by um, being involved in the discussion site as well. You know, how useful, if you've used any of the documents um, or any of the um, strategies in the resource bank, how useful you've found this, um, if you've used it and adapted it, how you've adapted it, um, so that others can see how you've taken that on board and, and taken it forward. Great, plenty of good information there. So your name was mentioned there, Elaine. Have you, uh, can you confirm that it's nice and easy to, uh, to, to contribute something? It was very straightforward, um, and it's great to feel that you're part of um, something like that at Edinburgh Napier, and I'm so looking forward to seeing um, the other things that have been c contributed to the resource bank. Often in our role in academic development, we're um, working across the university and talking to staff about what they're doing, and sometimes you'll vaguely remember, oh, somebody in accountancy was doing something good along those lines, I wish I could share with you what they were doing, and it can be quite hard to pin down that information or to yeah. remember it but with the resource bank it's going to be brilliant because we'll just be able to point people towards it and, and look brilliant. it up easily One -stop shop so, to go to, yeah. Um, yeah looking forward to it very much yeah definitely how's it looking um it's we, we've got the development site you know fairly yeah. advanced now so i'm able to search it and we'll be doing some user testing sort of towards the end of november mm -hmm. um december time um in time for the launch in at the january staff conference on the 7th of january um, the staff conference is on learning, teaching, assessment at Edinburgh Napier, celebrating our practice, um, and to tie in with you know celebrating our practice um, as a theme for the conference, we are launching some staff awards that are associated to the resource bank. So we've got three awards: um, best classroom experience, best use of technology, and most innovative. And to be eligible for these staff awards, the items have to be in the resource bank by the 12th of November so that they'll be judged by a panel. Um, so that's another incentive to um, contribute to the resource bank. So what prizes do we get? Um, <laughs> well, there'll be um, a lovely framed um, 
certificate um, and I believe there may also be some Amazon or Waterstones vouchers. But that's right. yet to be absolutely confirmed. <laughs> but it's what it will be worth winning. Good stuff. Good as stuff. As well as the Just honor. for the prestige, obviously. Yes, the prestige. <laughs> no, that sounds really, uh, sounds really good. Okay. Well, thanks very much for uh, for having a wee chat with us about that. Um, I really look forward to seeing it. Edinburgh Napier Radio, supporting our academic community. The next feature today is based around uh, the brand spanking new student and how how we support them. Um, as you know, this time of year, um, we're thinking about our newly started cohort. We've, all our students have just come in and um, we're running introductory sessions, generally trying to, to overcome the whole bunch of teething problems that students brand new to higher education come across. There are a number of ways to try and cut down the support load, though, just by using a few, a few techniques and a, a couple of technologies that we have at um, Edinburgh and Napier that have been available here for some time as well that many people don't know we have. So we're just going to have a wee chat about uh, what they are and hopefully save you a bit, a bit of hassle in the coming months. So the first one, just looking at the, the concept of helping them to help themselves, um, and it's based around uh, the idea of uh, creating a, a problems forum and actually uh, a problems forum on WebCT and actually getting students to chat to each other, help each other out. One way which we use that within academic development is on the blended and online education course. We have problems forums on each module and students are encouraged to, rather than email us as the lecturers, they're encouraged to place a, a query on the discussion board, which is freely available to every other student. And quite often you find that the students start actually answering each other's questions and, uh, and it builds, it not only helps you to support your students, it builds a bit of community and it starts creating a bit of sort of frequently asked questions. So what do you think? You guys had any experience with that at all? Yeah, I uh, use this on the um, undergraduate nursing research module um, and the palliative care module that I lead um, back in the School of Nursing and have discussion boards on uh, both those modules. And just as you say, the, the students post up questions and by the time I've gone on, um, quite often the query is answered. But I think the key is you know, making sure that the, you still regularly monitor the discussion board um, because... Sometimes they don't always get it right, yeah. um, but that's okay. You know, at least they've tried to help each other, and as you say, that helps to build the community. Um, because sometimes I think some of the feedback you get from students is that you know learning online can be a little bit isolating, and that helps to overcome that feeling of isolation because they've got that peer support as well as the lecturer support. Mm, absolutely. As you've said, Colin, it can really cut down on the amount of individual emails that you're getting from students and save you from answering the same question over and over again. And it will help you generate a frequently asked questions file that you can use next year to have as a, an information resource in the, in the module. Yeah, I can roll that over. Absolutely. I think it's important as well to make clear your expectations um, about how that area will be used and also for your own engagement with it. Let students know, oh, I'll be checking this two or three times a week um, or however however often that's going to be. It could be actually really counterproductive if you put up a, a problems forum or a question box or whatever you're going to call it and then never attend to it. <laughs> um, that would um, create a really mm -hmm. bad feeling in the yeah, module. Definitely. So um, uh, do do look after it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, it's the same with any discussion, isn't it? The moderation's the key. You can't just set it off and expect it to run itself. You need mm -hmm. to actually look after it. You need to, to cultivate it and make sure that... Well, I mean, it, it takes a bit less maintenance once the community's built, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, that's you, right, yeah. Once you get everyone chatting to each other, but but it takes that sort of... It's, it, t it still takes constant maintenance, but just at mm -hmm. the start, a wee bit more possibly than, than later yeah. on. 
I do think looking after your module in WebCT is a little bit like gardening. You've got to have <laughs> good planning and preparation and then um, nurture things, especially at an early stage when um, things need a bit more attention, tender loving care to, yep. to get growing and thriving. <laughs> and then um, you'll have your payback at harvest time or whatever. <laughs> <Indeed>. <laughs> Everyone's um, big and healthy and, and everything's working well. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Yes, I mean, um, I was going to give one quick example, actually, of um, a way to get that, that kind of thing kicked off. Is something um, we've used before is to have just a, something as simple as um, as a caption competition in the first week, mm-hmm. uh, just some silly photo, and get the students to um, to actually just think of a caption, and it just gets them sort of laughing together and having a wee chat and uh, engaging on the discussion board. So, it can be mm. a good way to get it started. Yeah, one simple one I've used as well is to um, invite students just to give a basic introduction and then to share one photo, which they can add as an attachment to the discussion message in WebCT. Share one photo that's meaningful to them. It could be anything, a picture of their cat, um, a picture of a painting they really like. (laughs) Um, But it's a lovely and memorable way of helping students get to know each other and feel they're engaging as themselves in the discussion board and get used to how to use it in, in a friendly and informal activity before you're going on to do something more intellectually demanding. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, let's let's have a look at the next one. Uh, the next idea, which we use quite a lot again within our, our online master's course, is an online officer's idea. Basically, the principle is you allocate an hour or possibly two different hours during the week um, where you're going to be in your office, you're going to be on some kind of online chat tool, say uh, Illuminate, we use quite a lot for it. And you're just there for that hour for students to come along and ask you questions. With the principle being that it's quite easy, it's more flexible. Students can join you from anywhere. Um, they might even feel a little bit less intimidated to ask you questions online because then they're not face-to-face with you. So that's something that um, that works quite well for us as well. If you, you mentioned earlier on, Karen, that you'd, uh, you'd worked with that a bit. Yeah, um, in trimester two, uh, last academic session, I tried to use Illuminate, um, just as you said, you know, to create open office hours for students. Um, and it worked reasonably well. Students did use it, and but some didn't. And when I asked them, it was they just weren't very sure about using Illuminate because they weren't, you know, those undergraduate students weren't used to using Illuminate. And I think with that group of students, they were... They were um, more conversant with using MSN and I think that's an easy way you know you could easily use MSN um, for open hours as well yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was plenty of chat till didn't mm-hmm. I? Sorry, we're saying. Yeah. Um, I think it's a great approach because you've got nothing to lose. Um, you can be at your computer anyway. If no one comes into your chat room and you're all alone, well, it doing something else. you can get on with answering your email yeah, or doing something, something else. else yeah. um, and it offers great flexibility to students who maybe find it difficult to come into campus. Um, and let's not forget to you as well. You could be in bed doing your online office <laughs> or in your favourite armchair. Nobody need know. So. Um, now, just to be clear, academic yeah. development does not condone lecturers <laughs> staying in bed during their working hours, <laughs> just to make sure. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a good point. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, have you have you have you been involved in office hours before with any any of the courses? Yes, I've I've used office hours with the MSc in blended and online education, mm-hmm. and I've worked with some lecturers who've used even just the basic chat tool within WebCT mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to have an online office hour, which has got a little whiteboard as well, and mm-hmm. you can do some fun stuff with it. Um, ah, so you can so demonstrate concepts as well and, yes, know, and diagrams uh-huh. and things. Yeah, so there's a variety of tools out there mm. and um, 
maybe just find out which ones your students are, are happy to use and which ones provide the functionality that you need for the kind of thing that you, you hope to do. But a great way of providing some live, real-time interaction in your model that um, can um, provide good support to students. Yeah, it's a really good point. Actually, there's a couple of our fully online courses the students really appreciate just yeah. actually having some... Well, yeah. as close to human contact as they can possibly mm-hmm. get, just by actually having a live chat rather than just a discussion boards. A lot of them come in without even questions, just to actually have a wee chat with each other and sort of social time almost. That's right, yeah. yes. It really adds something different. Um, yeah. And you get a certain amount of adrenaline from doing something live online <laughs> that if the rest of your course is an asynchronous um, interaction, you never yeah. really get that same feeling yeah. from it. So. Yeah, especially, especially when they ask you a question that you have no idea about and you have to pretend a little bit of technical trouble while you go and look it up on Google or whatever. <laughs> You're giving away all the tricks of the trade, Colin. Wow, yeah, I suppose. Okay, um, right, well, we've got uh, one more, just to have a quick look at. Um, the concept of just-in-time guidance. Um, Revolves around using WebCT to deliver that just-in-time guidance. Um on current assignments, on current coursework, or any any task that's, that's coming coming up really soon, getting it just before the task or just before the assignment, it really reassures students that they're on the right track, it increases their confidence and engagement, um, and us sort of keeps them coming back, keeps them participating. Um, it also starts a bit of a um, whatever you call it, a non-vicious cycle. Does that make sense? Whatever the opposite of a vicious cycle is, and, and the students you see online, they participate often, and they keep coming back to WebCT to see that guidance that you uh, that you put on. They see they see new things quite often, so they just keep coming back to check. There's nothing else there. Um, then when you need it badly. You, they are coming in quite often, so you can get in touch with them really quickly and provide support that's needed. Um, you can provide it fast, and you'll know that they'll be there because they keep coming back. So, yeah, I mean, suddenly chucking a bunch of stuff on WebCT 10 weeks into the course, having never used it before, it really won't work because the students won't be coming in very often because they'd never see anything there. So, um, I mean, have you guys any experience of, of using that at all? Um, well, the, I think it's good to remember there's lots of little tools within WebCT that you can use to provide this kind of just-in-time guidance um, at exactly the right moment. For example, the announcements tool is one of the simplest things in there, but it's a great way to regularly communicate with students, um, whether you're giving them hard factual information or just a bit of encouragement at a key moment. Um, there's also the header area on your homepage, which if you regularly update that with yeah, um, fresh and um, relevant content will keep bringing students back again and again Um, and other things you can do are um, more multimedia for example why not make a quick audio recording to supplement a written assessment brief some students might find it easier to engage with what you're actually describing and with your voice about what you want from the assignment compared to just reading the same bit of information you know (laughs) sometimes you read your assignment 10 million times trying to get a hang of what it is you're meant to be doing but um, to to supplement that with audio could be really yeah. Um, quick and easy thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hope yourself, Kat. Um, yeah, just in time guidance, we've used um, podcasting in the mm-hmm. undergraduate research module um, to, as Elaine said, you know, give an audio um, rather than just reading off WebCT all the time. And um, to do that, I interviewed some uh, active researchers within the faculty. Um, to illustrate their research and make it more real and live to the students. Um, And that went down really well. So each um, podcast was timed to correspond with, you know, the theory that was being delivered in that Mm, week um, in the module. 
Um, but similarly to that, we've got the Edinburgh Napier Podcasting um, uh-huh. Project, um, which offers all students at Edinburgh Napier um, some just-in-time guidance. So, you know, at the time where they might be starting to think about getting books out from the library for coursework, you know, there's a podcast about library services and how to use and to get most out of library services. Um, when they begin to start writing coursework in around sort of week six, um, there's a bit on essay writing. And then obviously towards the end of trimesters, there's things on exam technique, um, extension requests and mitigating yeah, circumstances. Right. <laughs> you know, so that students, you know, that can be quite stressful if they're in the position where they are needing um, extensions or to put in mitigating circumstances. It'd be quite stressful for them if they don't know where to go. Mm-hmm. But if they subscribe to the podcast, then that information is being delivered to them um, at a time when they may, hopefully not, but they may need yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, it's interesting what you're saying about just... Uh, yeah, d- delivering it when the coursework requires it is like going back mm-hmm. to the sort of strategic learner approach. Yes. Uh-huh. Students will uh, they'll only really learn something when they know there's a purpose to it, yes. and it's uh, people learn better when they know there's a real purpose to what they're reading or learning. So yeah, mm-hmm. if they know that this assignment's right, then this podcast comes out is just fortuitously timed. Do they think? Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's designed by you, yeah. and that's perfect. Yeah. So that's uh, this feature, the feature for today. So I hope you got something out of that that can help you with your uh, student support over the next year. And obviously, if you have any questions of any of the tools we've talked about, any anyone any help with Illuminate or using um, any of the WebCT tools, then do get in touch with us at Professional Development. We can help you with any of that. Edinburgh Napier Radio, bringing staff and ideas together. Okay, our last section is just to let you know of things that are coming up uh, within academic development to do with um, the, the, the type of workshops we run. So we've got plenty to whet your appetite in October. The first one I'll mention is the their academic poster production workshop that um, is run by Jenny Westwood and Justin Ross. Um, and it gives you a crash course in producing an effective academic poster for for um, for conferences or for just general presentation. It'll be it'll be ideal for obviously anybody who's thinking about putting a poster in for the um, the staff conference in January, which we have coming up, the academic development staff conference, or even just any other purpose at all. I'm sure there's plenty of other conferences coming up in the next few months. So so yeah, if you're if you're struggling with your poster, get along there and you'll get plenty of tips about making it. Did you have one that was related to that, Elaine, was it? Well, also in October, we've got a workshop on screencasting Ah. called Screen Camera Action, exclamation mark. (laughs) And um, this provides you with an opportunity to um, get up to speed with how to make a screencast. Now, this has got to be one of the most useful um, technologies for academics because it allows you to capture what's going on on your screen and you can do a voiceover. Um, So really useful for if you want to... um, demonstrate to students how to get into a particular database or even if you want to give feedback around a piece of work um, all sorts of different ways you can use it so this workshop will um, help you get started and um, provide support to you thereafter as well so well worth coming along to if you're interested great thanks very much so I uh, would encourage you to get along to the professional development website, uh, check out the dates and the times, and you can see information on all the workshops we run there. Or alternatively, look at your, your beautiful little planner, which should have lots of pumpkins on the front, and that'll have the uh, every session that's running this month, uh, this term, sorry, um, and when they run. Um, and if you want to book on, obviously get on the website and uh, just submit your name to the uh, the link there. There's a form that you can fill in. So thanks very much for listening. That's all. Uh, that's all for us in this episode. 
hope you've enjoyed the very first uh, academic development podcast and uh, that you'll join us again for uh, for the next one so thanks very much and uh, we'll talk to you later thanks very much for uh, joining us Elaine and Karen okay. yeah and uh, we'll talk to you next time this program was brought to you by the teaching fellow community the school of arts and creative industries and Edinburgh Napier's professional development team